Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 149. John and Wendy, ask us anything again and again. <laughs> and again. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Happy 149th episode, Wendy. Wow. You know, I never would have dreamed if we had, (laughs) you know, way back in uh, fall of 2018 when we first discussed this. Or was it 2017? Gosh. It was 2017 Um, because we launched in February of 2018 was when the first show came out. Yeah. So even, I mean, I mean, we all know that 2020 has lasted a hundred years. So, but yeah, I never would have dreamed we'd gone this long. Not that I don't enjoy talking to you, John, but. (laughs) Hey, no, listen, we, we've talked about it before. The average podcast lasts 10 episodes so that we're almost 15 times more than that. Uh, And in fact, we really are because in theory, we've put out 200 and something total Uh in all of it. Look, I think people probably figured out by now, though, our shtick from now on is to celebrate (laughs) the number before the big number because it's all numbers. What does it really mean? But yeah, it's our (laughs) choice. And 149 sounds good. I love it. Well, Wendy, like you said, 2020 seems like it's been forever. You remember we had all these big plans to travel. We had the world tour logos ready to go. And then it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Yeah. It's still a little surreal that we didn't see each other this year, John, after how many times in 2019? You know, we were together a lot. We went a lot of places. We had a lot of fun. And this year, we still had a lot of fun. And we still got to talk to a lot of great people. So sad that we weren't able to be in the same room. But I am happy that technology has allowed us to continue meeting with people and seeing each other and connecting even when we can't be in the same room. I I know my husband and I were talking and and he made a comment that thank God this didn't happen 10 years ago. Completely different experience. Conference calls on conference phones or wow. Yeah. (laughs) Would have been a lot different. I I think though, and, and we've talked in chats and in, you know, with others that, while it has been very difficult, and we we are certainly not downplaying that, we've been very fortunate that a lot of good things have happened. Like you said, we've gotten to meet a lot of great people. We're going to talk more about the guests that we've had on this year, many of which we got to know this year. But we had some really great opportunities to do some things that we may not have been able to do had it not been for COVID. That's true. Kind of as our year in review, it's hard to believe back in April, We had the opportunity to work with the National Institute of Personnel Management Kerala chapter, thanks to Anish Aravind. I guess it was Saturday morning here, yeah, yeah, and it was Saturday evening there, and we had a great conversation with about 50 HR professionals in India. It was a blast. Yeah, you know, and that's one of those things. Three years ago, I would have thought you were insane, saying that we would be chatting with India We would be guest speakers at at an HR event in India. How wild is that, that we're able to have those conversations? So it's it's unbelievable to me. But thank you, Anish, for inviting us. Yes, Anish, we really do appreciate that opportunity. And it was great to be able to really just talk about us. It was not a prepared thing as such. It was (laughs) 
really just to kind of talk about social hour and what we've done and how we developed this community. And, and again, we were really fortunate to be able to do that. Next up, I think, I guess it was in May, HR summer school was a lot of fun. Had a good time doing that. We both got to speak at that event. Yep. We both spoke and, you know, kudos to Ben. I, I think he did a, a great job. I feel bad because I missed your session and my session due to timing but it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of great speakers and a lot of great content. I think one thing that's been really great this year is just all of the content that that people have been able to produce and share, you know, either for free or for a nominal fee, um, just to, to keep that learning going um, and how adaptable everyone's been with it. I think the great thing there too is that just as we've tried to build our community, there was a quite a bit of community building. I think the timing was good. Just a lot of people that were, let's face it, unfortunately, a lot of our friends and people that we know have been out of work. Thankfully, we're hearing many of them are getting jobs and landing, and that's a wonderful thing. But it just all the the timing was there for for those folks that that had that interest and time. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of people (laughs) with some time to be able to do it. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a great event. I was really fortunate. I did two sessions with Career Arc and with our friends Tracy Sponenberg and Kate Bischoff. Conversations not only about COVID, but with some of the race issues. Obviously, at the front this year, always enjoy our pals at Career Arc, and, yeah. and I had a great time doing that. Then I did Ohio Sherm, which <laughs> was going to be in person, and then it wasn't, and then it wasn't. Shot my video beforehand, which was a, a good experience. I, I'm glad I had the opportunity to do that. Appreciate everybody there for having me take part. It was a long session, but the <laughs> feedback I got was, I wish it was longer, which I, I, I mean, I'm very appreciative of those folks that attended really well put together for a virtual event. I attended my session and communicated with people throughout. And, and that was a little different, you know, to, to be answering questions in real time, as opposed to, you know, people raising hands, just right. kind of talking as we're watching. Right. I really enjoyed that experience a lot. And while I am uh, sorry, we weren't there because we had big plans we with did. Ohio Sherm. We will do those down the road. Someday I will get to Ohio and have LaRosa's pizza. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. It will happen. (laughs) (laughs) It will happen. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough, you know, going international again, our friend Francisco Reyes invited me to be a part of his BEHR summit where I was able to share some thoughts on, you know, improving the hiring process and improving recruitment. He did a great job. Um, everything's still out on YouTube, which is so awesome to be able to to share that. The challenge with that for me, again, international timing. They were in the evening. I was in the middle of the day, but it was a lot of fun. And I, I think Francisco did a great job putting that on. And I hope that I hope he does it again, because being able to share with an international audience is just amazing. And again, maybe someday we'll get to Spain and do it in person, but... Next best thing. Next best thing, right? <laughs> We're going to be talking about Paycor a little bit later. So happy we've developed a relationship with them. And I had a really interesting opportunity to do a webinar with them, ask an HR expert, which it was a little daunting because I was it. I apparently was the expert. <laughs> I, would, I do want to thank those that are listening that sent in questions. That was a, a, a first time for them to crowdsource questions. And we did get quite a few those folks got a little gift from Paycor, which was cool, but it was a great conversation. I look forward to doing some things like that down the road with them. Just a lot of fun. And in this time that we're in, 
it was cathartic to some extent to be able to talk about some of the things I've dealt <laughs> been dealing with in, in my office in, in a constructive way with our peers. I recently presented a webinar with ERE and we talked about the plethora of candidates that are out there right now. Um, even though maybe people don't feel like there are, but you know, when there's so many people looking for work, trying to, to get those skills matched up and really love, love what our pal Vadim is doing at ERE.net and uh, love working with him on that. So hopefully we'll be able to do a little bit more with them in 2021, I would hope. They've got some great stuff going on and he's got some great ideas. We are certainly open. So if those of you that are want to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, we are certainly open to it. The one engagement that I did have that I did not end up doing, unfortunately, because the event was canceled, was Podcast Inc. I'm hoping that gets rescheduled for next year. But if you want to talk podcasting in particular, I want to do more of that. That's high on my list, personally, for, for next year. Beyond the speaking engagement, I think we made a pretty big decision last year to double up the chat. Yeah. And <laughs> I think we had such we had, had such great response and people they wanted more. We had been talking about it actually for much longer, probably a year. We actually kicked around adding a second chat during the week. Mm-hmm. And we really couldn't figure out how to make that work with our schedules and what have you. So we did say, hey, we're gonna do this. However, we also threw it out to the participants help us right make it as much yours as it is ours and i gotta tell you they did it they They brought it big time they they did i don't think there were too many months where we had to come up with questions for two chats we had a lot of people stepping up coming up with great ideas and i think 2021 we're still going to have these chats and we want to know what you want to talk about and know that if you bring up an idea we're going to ask you to help. We started out the year with Job Hunt Chat Crossover, Nicole and that crew. And I was a bit surprised at how active it was, particularly yeah. your first of the year. But I think particularly with the job situation many people are in, I think I, I was really pleased with that one. Yeah. And it was a great way to kick off that year. Yeah, it was. It, it, it did. And yeah, I think, you know, the start of the year, people are looking for a new job, new year, new, new you type of thing. Sarah Morgan joined us, and that was a fantastic chat talking about DNI and plug to her podcast. I absolutely love Leading in Color. Christy Engler actually did two with us. That's right, she did. I think she's like unofficially the third chair of the <laughs> chat now because she's done more than anybody else. Christy had some really great ideas, particularly the one about small business and those conversations and trying to bring in some different audience there because that's kind of her focus. And she's certainly very passionate about that self-care and those conversations too, but really appreciate Christy stepping up. And I think she texted me and said, can we talk about this? And I'm like, we can, if you help. And right. she jumped right <laughs> into it, got questions together and that was great fun. She's always been such an active member of the community. I think it was almost second nature for her to be able to jump in and, and be a part of that. That was a lot of fun. And then Paycor, we're going to talk about them a lot today. So we did a Not at Sherm chat, which was so much fun. Jennifer McClure joined us for that as a co-host. For me, it was just kind of nice to have that cathartic feeling of, hey, let's all feel bad t- together a little bit because we're, we're all missing it. 
it's okay to mourn. It's okay to feel bad that we didn't have it. So it was nice to be in a group where we could, we could talk and laugh and, and still have fun with it. It was a great conversation. And then the following month, Steve Brown, the number two biggest fan of the show, <laughs> his, his latest book had come out. I had actually approached him and said, would you like to do an HR Rising conversation? And he said, are you kidding? Or, Absolutely. We put that together with him. The folks over at Talent Magnet Institute gave away some copies of not only his book, but other books for that yeah. particular chat. And I know that was quite popular. It was nice to fun to send the, <laughs> send the emails out to those folks going, hey, you got to you win something. Yeah. For, hey, come to a chat. You may win some. Really appreciate Steve taking part in, in that way. He has been such a vocal proponent for us and, and such a fan and really appreciate him and his friendship. And I'm glad that book is doing well. And I'm glad that he was, he was willing to come in and, and sit in that third chair and, and talk about it. That was a lot of fun. And then of course, our favorite Canadian, Melanie, talking about shite your professor says, but really talking about learning and development and where we're going for learning now. That was just a lot of fun. And Melanie's always so much fun to have and, and be a part of our conversation. So I love that she joined us for that. I was really pleased at the turnout for that event. And I think it's because of Melanie. It's certainly not because of us. I mean, I think that was, you know, she, her <laughs> energy and, and so, yeah, it was, and it was a really fun way to hit that topic. Yes, it was. And then we wrapped up the year with HR for all. And the fun part there, just like we did with Job Hunt Chat and took part in their chat on the Monday evenings at nine o'clock where they typically were, HR for All is the first Tuesday of each month at 1 p.m. Eastern. So we did their chat on Tuesday and then they did our chat that Sunday. We are big fans of McCall. Everybody knows that. <laughs> We've known her for a long time. And I was really excited, as I said, when we had her on the show, I was glad that there was a new chat going on. While it is HR focused, it's a very different conversation, I think, than most of what we have. And that's a good thing. It's good that it's out there. Like you said earlier, we're going to stay to the double. I will throw it back out again. If you are someone that may be interested in doing an after social hour <laughs> session, contact me. I would like to talk to somebody about it. There's some energy there. It's just I can't expend that energy after that hour. I'm done. And I need to go watch wrestling when it's on. Right. It's like I got right. priorities. Well, you know what, John? You, you forgot somebody. Who'd we forget? Francisco hosted a chat. Oh, we did. Uh, yeah. See, Francisco, I apologize. That's why Wendy, <laughs> Wendy's supposed to read the outline and make sure I got everybody in there. All of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, Francisco, yeah, he he helped host and we talked about neurodiversity, which... Yes, way know, off our... Way, way off, off our radar, list. but it was awesome and loads of fun. Can't forget Francisco. Thank you for catching that so that he didn't <laughs> DM me after yeah. the show going, hey, why, why didn't I get on? <laughs> I think that is one of the coolest things you think about all these different chats yeah. that we had. They're all over the place. And then we throw in the stuff like the bad bosses again, which uh -huh. went in a whole new direction. And was I was really pleased to see. That was a lot of fun. With the advent of COVID, we started looking at different things to do. I know Lori Rudiman asked us when we did her show. She asked us how Trivia Night started. I really don't remember. I don't know how we decided to do it. It's all a blur, Wendy. <laughs> I just don't remember. What I remember is in April... Late April, early May, we could tell people needed something. We, we could tell that people needed a connection. We threw in an extra chat just to talk about COVID and, and kind of have that commiseration time. And sometime around then it was like, you know, we need to do something that's not HR related. Even though, you know, our, our chats are fun and uplifting, we needed something 
that we just didn't have to think about. You don't have to think about work. You don't have to think about COVID. You don't have to think about anything else. Let's just have some fun. How we came up with Trivia Night, I have no idea. I don't know where that <laughs> I really from. wish we could remember. <laughs> but we did. We threw in the Trivia Night. I think we were trying things. I think we were just throwing stuff on the wall to see, you know, what's going to stick. And Trivia Night stuck. It was fun. Thank you, Galen, Emmanuel, um, Shift Yes, for sponsoring that so that we could continue. We weren't going to be able to afford the Kahoot account on our own, but it really made Trivia Night a lot more fun and a lot easier to do than if we were trying to figure out something ourselves. But that, you know, we threw in that and then uh, the movie night which were, were also a lot of fun. But we did have to give up something because every Sunday night for a while, we were we had something going on. And that, that's that's a lot for us to, to do that and do our full-time jobs and continue doing the podcast and the chats. And yeah, movie night had to go, but maybe that'll get resurrected every once in a while in, in 2020. You, you never know. To your point, Alan really stepped up for the community to help us out there and I think interestingly enough, it was because he had so much fun doing the yeah. first trivia night that he decided to get a Kahoot account so he could play with his friends, non-HR yeah. friends. <laughs> we really do appreciate Galen covering yeah. that for us. And then to everybody that participated, we had new people come or people we just kind of knew on Twitter a little bit or somewhere. Even the last one, the, the last one for December, we had two new people show up. And right? I, I do want to thank everybody that took time to do that. I hope it was enjoyable. I know my questions were hard, according to many. <laughs> I still, I would maintain that Jeff Palkowski's were harder, but we did have fun. We, we had fun when we put them together. You never know. It's, of course, Wendy, it's always funny after the fact. Oh, I, you know, I really wanted to come. When are you doing it again? Oh, I really want to come. I'm like, nah, not for the foreseeable future. I'll, no. We'll never say never. No. However, no. we're certainly not going to sit here and say, oh, we got one in January. No. Not happening. We need a break. It was fun. And thank you to everyone who participated because, yeah, it, it was great to get to see people in that way, in a different way. Speaking of podcasts, we did a lot this year, uh, <gasps> not not just yeah. ours. I didn't even do the count on how many we put out this year. It's a bunch. <laughs> and I did several shows, not anything to do with HR. We did some crossovers either together or individually with people. And we did want to talk a little bit about that. I don't know about you, Wendy. I, I got really excited about that early on to do this crossover idea because there are so many great shows out there, so many great creators. I wanted to be working with those folks. Yeah. Sharing what they're doing because I think it was so cool. And you met Andy Storch. I'd not met Andy. We did our sessions kind of back. I think we did them right back to back. We recorded yeah, we and then we did his back -back. LinkedIn session. And it's fun talking L&D a bit with him. I really enjoyed Andy's conversation. Yeah. It's a different topic for us. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, and then Lori inviting us on Punk Rock HR. We are obviously big fans of hers. Can't wait for her book. I'll just say that. We were fanboying and fangirling. We had a chance to record with Stephen Trish from HR Happy Hour. And of course, if you recall, I flubbed that whole opening. You would have thought we'd recorded like an episode, not a hundred and whatever we were into. We told them they are the OGs yeah. of HR podcasting 10 years in hundreds of episodes. They're so great at it. Really appreciate them not only taking 45 minutes out of their lives to do our show, but then having us on happy hour as well. For those of you that have not heard this story, I specifically called this show HR social hour half hour so that nobody confused us with them. Yeah. Now I know they were not worried about people rip. In fact, 
you remember HR, no, you weren't at HR. Yeah. HR yeah, Florida, Florida. where if somebody ripped off their logo and yep. <laughs> guess who went and ratted them, ratted that FIFA out to them. It was me. Uh, was, I yeah. contacted yeah, Trish fun. and I'm like, Hey, somebody's ripped off your logo. A really fun conversation. And I'd like to think Steve warmed up to us a little bit. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Um, and I know that it, it was something different for them too. You know, they don't do that a lot. So glad that glad that we got a chance to, to do that. Uh, our friend, Julie Turney. I, I can't believe I, I didn't know her before this year. She's out there doing some great stuff. And she got a two for one out of that. Yeah, she, she did. Both <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. We both talked to Julie before she came. In fact, like within a day or two of each other. Yeah. Her energy... I'm such a fan. I just love what she's doing, her passion. And I love this whole, I'm going to try new things and do new things. And boy, she's doing them left and right. She is. As we've talked about, and I think most people do know, we, we do have a lot of similar interests. We have a lot of dissimilar interests or approaches. And I think it was great to have two very different conversations. Yours much more focused on recruiting Maybe mine, even I get to talk labor relations. I don't ever get to talk labor anymore. Right? So I, I really, we really did enjoy that conversation and appreciate that Julie having yeah. us. And it's an international show for us, so that was we that love was kind of cool. Shows we really do. We wrapped up with a show that if you told me at the beginning of the year we would talk to <laughs> talk to two college students in yeah. Holly and Sydney with HR sessions, I do want to thank Greg Buck again for making that introduction. I spent some time with Holly and. I was like, I want to help boost their signal because I think it's incredibly gutsy to be a senior in college, putting yourself out there, interviewing HR practitioners. It's some of the best marketing you could do for yourself. I mean, what a testament to say, I'm talking about the industry I want to be in and I'm that I'm interested and I'm passionate about. Really enjoyed our conversation and then doing the anchor recording with them. For those of you who didn't hear, Wendy said we hooked up, had to explain because <laughs> that's a college audience that's probably college a different audience. Community. I forgot who we were talking. We yeah. did, though. We had a great time with them. Who knows what's up next year? We're always open. We've talked to some people about doing some different things that yeah. some of them will probably surprise you when you turn <laughs> on the show. You're probably going to, you might be a little befuddled at what you're going to hear. Right. Uh, just, I mean, it's a little tease. That's all we're going to say. Uh, that's that's it. That's all we'll say. Well, you know, one thing that we've done this year, John, that's been a lot of fun is merch. That was your idea. I love our stuff. I love our logos and uh, we'll get into the, the thanks for that. I love that we also are able to use that to give back. Y'all, we don't make money on the merch at all. We donate every cent that comes back to us for that. We did that purposefully. I don't remember, Wendy. I want to say I made a comment about putting a logo on a shirt or something and 10 or 12 people said, I'd buy one. Mm-hmm. And I remember shooting you a note and like, I think that's a joke, but maybe they're not. I did some research and we decided to go with the great folks at T Public. When we got our first commission check, I decided I want to just give it back. Full transparency, it didn't cost us anything much to set that store up. Right. And we don't pay anything to T Public. We get a cut when you buy a shirt, a onesie, a mug, whatever it is. We get a cut and then once a month, I get a check. So we made the decision that first month, hey, let's like during COVID, let's do this. And then I think we realized that you're repping us, which we can't thank you enough for doing that little bit of commission can go help somebody else. That first month we did two groups. I know here in Richmond, I did feed more. 
because that was right at the outset of COVID and yeah. food banks and food banks are still struggling, folks, if you're yeah. out you're there looking. and can support them. But we did food feed more and you and you did one as well. Yeah, I think I did the the Sanford Employee Fund with that. I, I've done those. I, I've requested that one twice. That's that's money where um, Sanford employees can give to other employees um, so they can get grants if if something happens. And this year, so much has happened. And so I'm glad that we were able to to help support some. So you're helping support those frontline workers, those, you know, nurses and, um, and, and direct patient care folks that need need a little help. The second group that I supported is the Hero Initiative. And the Hero Initiative is a nonprofit group that supports comic book creators in need. Primarily, it's what we call the old timers. It's those folks that have been in the industry for many years that unfortunately, just like in any other business, as, as you get older, work starts to dry up. There weren't retirement plans in comic books. They typically are working with people that are really struggling. It is need-based. I've supported Hero Initiative a lot over the years. I just love the mission. And it's a way for me to thank those creators, many of which were childhood heroes of mine. Yeah. We also decided to donate to the Cancer Research Institute. We've known a lot of folks. Um, that was a, a specific request in um, in honor of our friend Kelly Marinelli to to kind of support research um, for she lost her husband. She's been on the show and has talked about it. Um, so specifically with her in mind, we we gave money to the the Cancer Research Institute. We all lost a really good friend to the HR community and to just to good people in general with Chris Fields this year. Quite a shock and still reeling. I mean, it was, he was a great guy. He was on the show way back. Uh, and I know he helped you with your resume before yeah, you, before you made a job change. He was very involved with code crew and had a lot of things going on in, in the Memphis area. Once they developed the Chris Fields Memorial Scholarship Fund, we made a donation. How could we not give back to our own? He was a joy. I loved talking to him. We miss Chris yeah. very much, and but we're really glad that we were able to give back in some small way in his honor. Yes, definitely. Um, and we also, um, another friend of ours, Wendy Kelly, support has a, a scholarship fund that she does all on her own. Um, and so after learning about it and knowing that we had this little bit of um, extra, we were able to make a donation to that to help a girl in need um, be able to um, better afford college, um, better afford that secondary education. So we were, again, helping our own. That's that's why we're here. The last person that we helped, uh, many of you may know Bill Borman, a legend in this business out of the UK. I've been following Bill for quite a while on Facebook, and he is doing so much with the homeless community in his area, Wendy. And he would post about, hey, we're looking for this, or this amount of money will buy this, socks or food or whatever it is. As we have been so appreciative of the international audience, we wanted to give a little bit back to that. So we made a donation to Bill and his uh, homeless project to be able to provide some support and comfort to those folks that are that are in need. All of you that have participated in, in purchasing things, either for yourself or your friends, you have helped all these different groups. We're going to continue to do that you know, from now on because we have that ability. I want to make two very specific thank yous to that. And you all know I'm a nerd. We had to kind of laugh. I sent Wendy a piece of art lately and she was blown away. And I said, I'm really fortunate to run in some really great circles. Two people 
did all our design work so far. And, and I'm certainly looking at, I'd love to add new designs next year. You never know. First, Shannon Gallant. Shannon designed the Social Hour and Wonder Women logos. Those shirts and even the, the like the with the taglines and what have you, Shannon did all that for us. And Shannon's a, a family friend now. I've known him for many years. Longest running artist on G.I. Joe, which is how we met <laughs> many years ago. Just a great dude and helped help me out so much early on putting those things together. The other person is Greg Shegel. Greg did the Bananas logo. Greg has been a dear friend for many years, too. He worked on SpongeBob Comics for many years. He does his own creator-owned stuff now. In fact, we gave away a copy of his coloring book during uh, Trivia Nights. Olga Peeler won a copy of his coloring book. But Greg did the banana logo for me. We have sold more of those than I would have ever imagined. It's not just HR people, and it's not just my mom. Uh, (laughs) College friends. And what's funny is people got very specific about which ones they got, and it's people from all these different worlds. It's so much fun. And and we don't have it on here, but kind of tied to that, Greg also did our wrestling coloring book page, which many more of you need to color because we didn't get a lot of that one. The other two, which we did, my friend Jamie Cosley, who's here in Richmond. Again, Wendy, I'm so fortunate to to know these great artists and creators, and I can just send them a note and say, hey, can you help me out? The individual coloring book pages, we had some really fun interpretations of those. Yes, we did. That was a lot of fun. Those were a lot of fun. Um, I know the girls and I, uh, one afternoon when we were all home alone, uh, home, we colored and it was fun. It's been a long time. (laughs) I know the adult coloring books have become so popular. I knew it would just be something different that nobody else, nobody else is doing doing coloring book pages. And the fact that I could get somebody to do us as the world world champion HR podcast tag team. I actually posted that as one of my top five pieces of art this year on a Facebook group I'm on. And I had multiple people ask me about it because I think they were so amazed that I would have a coloring book page created. (laughs) It it really was fun. And you never know, we may, we may do more of that next year. Just wait and see. Mm -hmm. Wendy, we've been going a while already and and we're getting, (laughs) we're finally getting the questions. You know, these, we're always worried about crowdsourcing questions. I don't know why, because people end up coming through. Without yeah. fail. This is, I've been looking forward to this. And uh, you know what? I haven't planned ahead very much. Some of them we might have to think about a little <laughs> bit. I can edit it out. But I'm going to start because I didn't ask you what's in your glass, but I think Melanie Peacock, I can't think of a better question to start with. Right. If you could create an HR social hour cocktail, what would it be? And then perhaps we could make one and join in during an upcoming episode in 2021. Cheers. I don't know. Our drink t- tastes are quite opposite you like the the brown liqueurs and i don't and it would be impossible for everyone to get an eponymous beer that's a good question i don't know what um the orange the orange swizzle was good but you know we don't have colors so we couldn't like pick based on a color i don't know maybe if there was like a a version of a martini that feels social houry and can be made in a variety of ways with a variety of liqueurs so we might be able to find some martini type drink that works. That could also be non-alcoholic for those who don't imbibe. That's the big part. And I think that's where the orange swizzle was so great was that yeah. we had the leaded and unleaded versions, not to mention a logo, which was crazy, like a diagram. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm not big on cocktails. I'm, I'm a beer guy. And, yeah. and so it's hard for me to say what would work. I did enjoy the swizzle. I had one. That's probably the first cocktail I've had in 
years because it's yeah. either, it's usually either maybe I'm drinking a bourbon or it's a beer. And while Melanie, I love the idea. I don't, we'll have to keep thinking about it. It yeah. is something we've talked about the fact that we would love to have with sponsored chats, try to come up with more cocktails to do like that. Cause I think that was a, I know Paycor really thought that was fun that we had, yeah. we brought that up knowing that the intent there was that we would have served. We w- the plan was to serve that drink at the table because yeah. originally, and I think we talked about it then we were going to be set up just like we were the year prior with our friends at Namely, we were going to be set up at Paycor's booth with the cocktails for people to have. We're ducking your question, Melanie, a little bit. We'll keep thinking about it. Steve Brown, what would you do if you could make one sweeping decision to radically improve HR in organizations? I think one of the biggest issues that I see, and was having this conversation actually with somebody earlier this week about it, it seems like there's this divide amongst HR in terms of what we are. Are we the people people? And by that, the oper- like people operations, that as opposed to compliance police. We know a lot of great people. We're going to read a guest list later. A lot of these people are they're all doing things to better others. Some of us, I say us collectively as an HR industry, a lot of us are there to check boxes and be the no fun police. Mm-hmm. How do we radically improve? We all have to get, we as an industry, as a body, all have to get on the same page. Yeah. One of my previous employers, we used to talk about flawless execution. Flawless execution is great. But if I can't get your payroll right, why are you going to listen to me talk about learning and development and pro- right. career progression right. if I can't get people's I-9s right? We got to do the blocking and tackling, and it should not be that difficult. The sweeping thing I would do is somehow eliminate that it's just a compliance job. It's just well, that, <laughs> that that function. It's a yeah. the, the personnel days, for lack personnel of a better days. Well, and those And the, like, you know, like you said, those things are needed there's a lot of folks out there as long, just get my pay rate. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else. Pay me properly and let me go on my way. And so I think a lot of times HR folks get, get hung up on that seat at the table or we got to be strategic and we got to be this, we got to be this. But if we're not doing the tactical, right? Like you said, we're, it's, we're not going to be successful and we're not going to, we're not going to have people at, at the table, but, but not everyone at HR can be, in that strategic role. And so I think maybe there's trying to figure out how to marry those together a little bit better. So we're not fighting each other, but better understanding that, you know, these, these strategy people are trying to make life better. And maybe we need more boots on the ground strategy people to figure out how to get those pie in the sky ideas to actually work. I think you're absolutely right. And and let's face it, people listen to this show, people take part in the chats in a different place than the vast majority of people that are practitioners that yeah. we don't necessarily, we may see them at a, at a SHRM meeting or what have you, you know, the disrupts, the hacking HRs, it's just a different thing. I want to say a different yeah. level. Cause I don't, I don't, it's not meant to insult anybody. It's no, just, it's we, just we're, we're, we're looking at the business differently. I think part of it goes back to, do you even understand the business? How many times you heard me beat that drum? That's me. So I, I guess, Steve, there that my sweeping decision would be how do we get everybody to shift the ideology that is not just a compliance job? I think I understand to your point, we can't all be strategy right. 20,000 feet in the air. But, yeah, you need those people at 12.5 or whatever it is. We need, we know, need people there. at all levels to to implement those, those ideas. And so I think for me, it would be let's let's stop arguing about which which is better and fighting 
internally on that. Jeff Shapiro, how do you each feel about the term human resources? Is it time to update and rename? If so, what would you name the business function? God, I don't care. I don't either. <laughs> it was just announced at my organization that they changed the um, chief HR officer to the chief people officer. Not quite sure how that changes everything. They, you know, they made that change and I know that's kind of a, a way that, that folks are going, but from where I sit, I don't care. I, I don't think it yeah. matters. HR in most places does not have a great reputation. And so maybe that's why you change it. Yeah. But I think to your point, you change that name. What does it really mean? Right. Are we putting lipstick on a pig? People operation sounds cool, yeah. but am I doing the blocking and tackling right? Like if I right. can't do those things, it doesn't matter what you call us. The only one I don't like, I don't like human capital. I hate, like, I just hate that term. All we ever hear about is everybody wants to be, have a more face on everything and a touch. Human yeah. capital just does not sound Takes front, like, away. yeah, connection yeah. facing people yeah. that that's not people focused. I no. get that it's a term. It's probably the one, it's the one I would not want to go to. I would know. I would agree with that. It, that's way too clinical a term in my mind. I, um, I also, I, you know, I don't think I would say we go back to personnel either. That feels more like staffing and that's, you know, that doesn't even touch on, on what, what we're doing. So call it human resources, call it people resources, call it whatever you want, but do it right. We spend more time talking about those things than actually executing or coming up with those ideas to yeah. execute better. I worked for a place where no, nobody was a recruiter. They were an HR specialist. Who cares? Unless we're all going to come together and have an agreement of this equals this equals this, I, I don't care. I think it's much like industry standards. Everybody wants to be better than the next. So talent acquisition yeah. certainly sounds cooler than recruiting. It, yeah, exactly. Slap paint on it. Lipstick <laughs> on a pig. That's all it is. Lipstick on a pig. Diane Fenning sent in a couple of questions for us. So first... When you launched HR Social Hour, what did you expect? What timetable did you give yourselves for this venture? We thought we'd do 50 and be out, if that. What timetable? I figured we'd just do it till we, I figured we'd do 50. Yeah, I, I did too. I think things changed when we got that initial contact from Namely, and they said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about working together. And I was like, wait a minute, what? That, right. Okay, that was not, oh, huh? Like, who is the, who are these people? How'd they find right. us? Namely, what the heck? I didn't expect much, Wendy. I, I think it was, it would be fun to talk to you, to be able yeah. to talk to other people that we kind of knew and have a laugh or two and maybe, and learn something yeah. like the Cosby gang, learn something before we're done. <laughs> I didn't have any plans for it. Oh, I didn't either. I didn't either. So she says she also has enjoyed our spinoff activities. What is planned next? We talked about a little bit, I believe the episode with Angela Champ, that we're going to be doing more of the video content next yep. year. We've really enjoyed those conversations, that group chat, group conversation, and then the Twitter chat going on with the YouTube screening. We're going to do more of those. I'd like to see movie night come back because there is uh, a much lower cost entry to that. <laughs> and, and, and it was great fun to hear from people say, I've never seen those movies before until we watched yeah. them with you, with you. That was really cool. We have some other things that we are talking to other people about that, again, we can't really talk about. I think, though, when you hit play the first time, you're going to wonder what in the world is going on. I'm excited about those. And, Wendy, I know you are, too. It's a couple of ideas were thrown my way that I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. I think spinoffs, and again, you never know. We, we certainly would not have planned those 
things. No. This time last year, if you'd asked me spinoff, I'd be like, spinoff, well, we're not going to do anything. Sometimes you do a spinoff, sometimes you get Frasier, and sometimes you get Joni Loves Chachi. Wow. How's that, how's that for a reference? Easily the first Joni Loves Chachi reference, and I didn't make it. <laughs> I am so disappointed in myself. I am too, John, quite honestly. Wow. Joni Loves Chachi. Yeah. Uh, kids, Google it. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Finally, Diane asks, how can we help you succeed and continue to unify a great group of HR voices? At the end of every episode, I talk about several things that people can do. The first one is to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, whatever it is. First thing you can do is subscribe. Yep. And then we just ask you to share. Tweet out a favorite episode. Tweet every week. We have some people that, you know, we know they're going to send out, they're going to comment, they're going to put it out every week. Liking our stuff is fine, but it doesn't spread the message. And we have never asked people for anything other than this. Even our pledge drive, I'm sending you a bottle opener to share something. As I've said from the beginning, Wendy, and we've talked about it several times, we're not doing Patreon. We're not asking people for money. We are fortunate to have the ability to do this without that. However, if you want to help, the the easiest thing you can do is just hit that retweet or share on LinkedIn. Tell people, tell somebody once a week, tell somebody every couple of weeks, every time you need a new HR person, hey, if you ever listen to HR Social Hour, if they say, what's a podcast? Oh, it's John and Wendy's internet radio show. I don't think we can ask for anything more. This has been more successful than we could have ever imagined. Yeah. All of you are part of that. That's all I would ask for, Wendy. I don't know about you, but that's all I would ask for. Same thing. Just share. Listen and share. Subscribe and share. Jeff Pelkowski asks, what are three things you've learned about yourself that you would go back and give advice to 18-year-old you? One, it's okay to ask questions. Two, it's okay to not be okay. And three, you're really going to like your 40s. Okay. I would say take every opportunity you have to try new things. Embrace the stuff that you love, not just the people, but the stuff. If you're a nerd about G.I. Joe, love G.I. Joe or Marvel movies or Star Wars or whatever it is, because if uh, even if other people don't love it, you will find people that do. Mm -hmm. And when you get into your 40s and you meet other people from very different backgrounds that are fans of the same thing you are or have the same passion, that's a great thing and continue to treat people better than they may treat you. All right. Uh, Jay Palacki asks, what is the best non-HR position you have held, and what did you like about it most? This may be the hardest question of the night. I was incredibly fortunate to have some really cool jobs before I ever got in HR. I loved retail when I worked in it. I worked in a bookstore. I worked in a military surplus outlet. I worked at Opryland. I was a ride operator, and I ran the Mini Pearl Museum at one point. That was a hoot. I taught public school music. That was the most challenging, for sure. I think the funniest one is the Opryland, working at Opryland. Yeah. The outfits, I would give anything to have a picture of me in 1994 wearing my Mini Pearl Museum outfit, which was a embroidered top that had, it was coral, pink, (laughs) brown, baby blue pinstripe with these banjos and 
cowboy hats and like you know, like a western style shirt that had the you know kind of the over not the overlay but the epaulets and stuff it was the most hideous and and coral shorts that matched oh. the shirt that is the one thing and and you know I know a lot of people work at Opryland that live from Nashville there are no pictures anywhere online of that cost of that costume I would I would give anything to have that is the one picture of me from like my youth that I would love to have is a picture of me in that horrific 1975 era coral blue pink striped <laughs> mini pearl museum outfit. But that job was fun. I learned more about customer service that summer okay. dealing with dealing with knuckleheads at a theme park who wanted to get in the log flume when there was lightning and didn't understand why we wouldn't let them in the ride. Yeah. And the guy I worked with who was, I was in my early twenties. This guy was not that much older than me. I was never forget. He looked at this one guy, he goes, sir, Water, lightning, you figure it out. <laughs> and my mom loved it because I got one square meal a day. She knew I was going to get one hot meal because they had a great cafeteria. She always knew I was going to get one decent meal and it cost like $2.50 or whatever it's time. For me, yeah, go and rewind quite a ways back. Customer service at the airlines, as crazy as that was, looking back on it, it was such good experience. Um, and I got to travel for, for pretty cheap. Uh, I... I took a week vacation to Sydney, Australia, and I paid like 200 bucks for business class seats. So looking back on that, um, and then uh, I did uh, security in Denver. When I worked in Denver, I did work for a security company. So I was on the sidelines for a couple of Bronco games, worked a lot of Red Rocks concerts. If you've ever been to a concert at Red Rocks, it is the best outdoor amphitheater Ever so, I got to see all like Cheryl Crow and Blues Traveler and um, all those early ninety. Yeah, you know, I think I saw Dave Matthews there. Just fantastic music for free. The downside was when I had to work the beer line and take people's beer away because they were stupid. <laughs> um, and they're walking out with two beers and they hand it to somebody who doesn't have a bracelet right in front of me, and I'm like, dude, I'm wearing the yellow jacket. Don't make me throw away good beer. Don't make me throw away good beer. I, oh, man, that says it all. Yeah. I mean, I was throwing away, like, Colorado microbrews from the 90s because idiots were trying to hand it off right in front of me. Like, at least go to your seat where I can't see you. Rob Targos asks, since it's 2020, can you rewind 20 years and tell us where you were and what you were doing? Do you have a favorite memory from that year? In the year 2000 is when Rocky and I started dating. Can I do it? In the year 2000. <laughs> That's probably my favorite memory. His best friend got married. Rocky came out. I knew his friend, but I wasn't invited to the wedding. So um, Rocky said, well, you should come with me. I don't even remember how we were in contact at that point. Yeah, I went as his date. And the rest, as they say, is, is history. So it was like June 26th, 2000 when we started dating. I mentioned to Heidi that this question was on here and she said, you better say the right thing. <laughs> 2000 was a big year for me. I moved to Richmond on March 20th. I got married on March 25th. Mm. My firstborn was born December 12th. Which one of those is the right thing, John? <laughs> they all happened. Believe it or not. I literally moved here. I went to a job fair the day before my rehearsal dinner oh my and, and wedding rehearsal I went and did a job fair and I gave out six resumes and talked to or nine resumes. I talked to six people 
we had the ceremony. We went out. Are you remember Massanut and you lived out here, right? So we went out to the mountains. I was actually on our honeymoon. I was answering calls from recruiters to set up interviews because I had to get to work when we got right. back. We decided to have Jacob pretty quickly. 2000 was an incredibly busy year for us. Yes. And uh, thanks, Rob, for pointing that out. And again, I, I hope <laughs> if Heidi hears this, I'm answering it all the right way. Tina Marie Woolfield asks, if they were to create a TV show based on your life, who would play you? I want Paul F. Tompkins to play me. I love that guy. Okay. okay. He's the best. He's the podcast MVP as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> He's funny. He's quick. He dresses better than I do. But yeah, Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with uh, Tina Fey since I kind of wanted to be her when I grew up, even though she's not that much older than we are. She she could take my bad humor and turn put it on a good spin on it. Sherry Britton asks, assume we're not in the middle of a pandemic and money's no object. Where would you like to travel and what would be your ideal vacation? I have always wanted to go to France. So I would need a transporter to get my husband there. <laughs> because he is has told me he is not getting on an airplane to go to Europe. Or maybe it's just me and the girls that go. Or me and some girlfriends. I don't care. Um, but if money were no object and um, I could travel, I would be in France traveling around, drinking wine, eating cheese and bread. It just sounds like the best time right now. <laughs> Years ago, I would have said Germany. My mother's family's from Germany. I really like beer a lot. And I would love <laughs> to go to Bavaria, hear old school polka bands and drink beer. However, in the last many years, I have developed a real affection for a lot of Southeast Asian flavors and food, oh. Thailand, Singapore, oh. something like that. That sounds much more interesting now than drink. while drinking beer and doing Oktoberfest would be cool. I really, Southeast Asia just fascinates me. Yeah. Let's say Singapore. I see a lot of, I watch a lot of YouTube videos where people travel and do those kind of things. And I don't know if you've ever seen Mikey Chin. The guy just, he goes everywhere. Um, oh, yeah, fascinating, yeah. fascinating guy. Just strictly dumpling is just, he's got several YouTube channels, but anyway, I've, I've been watching Mikey Chen a lot in, <laughs> in, in pandemic time. And, and he's a fascinating guy. I think I'd go there and, and eat street Love food. It. All right. Uh, Sarah Volano asks, what are three things that make you smile? Babies. I love babies. I'm glad they're not mine, but I love babies. And I love like little <laughs> kids when I'm at the store. I don't know if it's cause I'm a big dude or if I, the beard or what it is. Little children love saying hello to me and waving and things. I think I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, but I like waving to little, yeah. little ones. I like really bad jokes. They make me smile. The smell of pizza, like mm. hot pizza, a good delivery. In your case, like a bottoms up, you know, for yeah. me, it's some of the other places. But yeah, great pizza. Well, listening to the family laugh together, you know, if I'm in a, in a different room and I hear them laughing, that just makes me smile. When my youngest is singing in the shower. Huh. It's a level of epic that, um, you know, not too many people can do go from Bohemian Rhapsody to Santa Claus is coming to town in a smooth, um, smooth stroke. And uh, I'm going to go along with the smell thing and but baking bread. Um, so the, that yeasty smell when it's rising. And I, I just, yeah, I love that. Sarah also asks, what is something about your workday that makes it worth it? I assume that means... Why do we keep going to work where we work? I think, I, I mean, I was trying to, I don't want to overinterpret right, it, but I think right. that's what it means. I have been incredibly fortunate in the role I'm in now to be able to push the needle on a lot of initiatives. I brought a lot of new ideas into the organization 
I've seen most of them executed. They've given me a lot of uh, ability to try things and to do new things, launching a corporate podcast, all those kind of things, knowing that I've had an ability to really spread my wings. Because let's face it, if you looked at my resume five or six years ago, you'd go, what the hell is this guy's story? I know that. Like, I, I mean, I had people challenge me about it because I didn't have titles on my stupid resume because I wasn't an HR generalist. I wasn't a business partner. I did not do those things as a job title, but I'd done them and I'd done them successfully. So I go to this organization that kind of looks and goes, wow, this guy has a lot of really good ideas and he's got a lot of experience. And wow, all of a sudden now I got a title. And so guess what? Now that I've had that title for many years, people contact me on LinkedIn all the time and say, hey, I got this opportunity. I find it funny now. Like I used to insult me, but I'm like, now it's just kind of comical because guess what? I knew I had the goods and right. they, they they recognized I had the goods. I think what makes it worth it for me is that they've given me so many opportunities to go and try new things. And while, yeah, we all get frustrated and it's been, particularly this year has been challenging. They call me the COVID czar now in Virginia. <laughs> Some of the guys have even said, why don't you change your voicemail to say that's the COVID-19 hotline? Even with that, continue to do new things, try new things talk about what are we going to try to do to improve. And I, and I think that's what makes it worth it for me. Mine is similar. I, I've been able to get into a role that where we're encouraged and we're given time to think and, and move into taking a step back to make things better. I think I've finally kind of found my groove there and being able to do, you know, new stuff. Hey, you know, corporate podcasts, we're going to have a new, <laughs> a new <laughs> talking point for us that, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to launch that as well. So being able to do stuff that I enjoy and being encouraged to push the envelope because I've, I've been in too many roles where you just get pushed down and you get held back. You have too many people saying, no, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. When you know that you are, but like you said, you don't have the quote title. Right. So people won't take a chance. So finding a place where I can I can do those things without needing a title behind it makes it worthwhile. Amanda Brunson also asked some very difficult questions. <laughs> First one is, which Disney character are you most like? I'm going to go with Belle because I would like that library. My favorite Disney movie of all time is The Jungle Book. It's one of the greatest things ever put on film. The animated one, everyone, not, I mean, yeah. the, the new one, the live action one's actually really cool. I love Baloo. I don't know how much he is like me. I love that character and he's just goofy and enjoys what he's doing. And I'd say him, my kids would probably say Bing Bong from <laughs> Inside Out. Cause I cried, like I cried oh, so much. God. When you, oh, like I'm getting all tingly. Oh man, those kids gave me grief forever. Hey dad, Bing Bong. He'd just say Bing Bong. Oh, waterworks. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say Baloo the bear. I like it. Second question, which Hogwarts house do you belong to? I am honestly probably a Hufflepuff. I, I know I'm not Gryffindor and I'm not crafty enough to be a Slytherin. I think I'm that Hufflepuff, just stay on the edge, don't do anything crazy, not smart enough to be in Ravenclaw. So, For the record, what you just said made no sense to me at all. I have seen one Harry Potter movie. <laughs> My wife and my kids, that was their thing. They read okay. they read the books, they watched the movies. I don't have anything against it. Like I just I saw one, I was like, okay, it was a thing. I don't have any idea. I, I would who are the humans? The muggles? Like I probably oh. live in the muggle house. Because <laughs> I don't know what the hell any of the Sorry, Amanda, like I'm sorry I killed your mojo there, but I don't have any idea. I know the names, I've seen the logos, I don't have any idea what any of it means. Oh, and that's fine. No, well, that would it'd be funny to actually do a test to see where they would put you. But yeah, I don't know where I would put you. I don't know if I were 
if I were going to place you in a house, I don't know where. You, what you like said, everything you said made no sense. I, I recognize the names, <laughs> but it made no sense. So listen, I know you're going to ask these questions, but I need to preface this one. Yes. The following are from our friend, Kate Bischoff. Kate is bored. <laughs> That's what we decided. Kate gave us a litany of questions. Oh my God, Kate. Yeah. Kate, you're killing us, my friend. We care about you very much, and we hope you're okay up there in Minneapolis. <laughs> we made the executive decision to edit many of these because yeah. we've gone quite a bit already. We don't want to be here for another hour just doing Kate questions. Kate also had somebody surreptitiously take their account and add her questions to that. Those aren't even on this list. So, Kate, I caught you. I know You made no bones about it, but <laughs> executive decision as the producer yeah. of the show – I said, here it is. So Wendy and I went together. We did look at the list and we trimmed it together. Wendy, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, If the sky wasn't blue, what color would you want it to be? Well, let's see. If it was green, then we couldn't see the horizon. Or you green the. uh, I I I don't have any idea. I don't. (laughs) I don't know. I've always thought of it being blue. And the red red sound looks evil, like the end of the world or something. Uh, Yellow. Yellow. Yellow? Yeah, I, yellow. Can, I can live with yellow. Um, my my first thought was purple because I love that that deep purple that comes in right at sunset. The nice thing with South Dakota with having just flat mm-hmm. is you get to see all of those those colors um, when, when you hit those. So. The only reason I picked yellow is there's a beautiful marimba piece called Yellow After the Rain. Ah, that hit my that hit me, and so I'm saying yellow. But purple sounds good too. <laughs> uh, what TV or movie character do you identify with most? And see, these questions are really these are all hard. Hard. They're hard questions. Everybody comes on our show and says, "Oh, you so many hard, so many choices." I <laughs> I want to say Ralphie from A Christmas Story, but I never had a BB gun. Well, then you do. I mean, that's identifying. But, yeah. Okay, and I'm going to say Ralphie from A Christmas Story. I mean, it's my favorite. It's my favorite movie. I don't know. Toby from The Office? Nah, I've done okay no. in HR. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this one, and I, you know, I was on when we first started. I said I didn't really think about these too much. This was one that kind of hit me. And we've been watching um, Rex Parks and Rec reruns. There, there's a few episodes where I, I really identify with Leslie Nope. I, I don't have her level of ambition. I'll just be honest with that. Um, no desire to be in politics, but um, you know, she just so earnestly wants things to happen the right way. And uh, I can identify with that. All right. Uh, What cereal leaves behind the best tasting milk? I'm going to say Cocoa Puffs. Oh, that's a good one. I always liked kicks. The milk after kicks. It's just, wasn't too sweet, but just sweet enough that it wasn't regular milk. I don't even know if they make kicks anymore. They do. I haven't had it in years. Yeah. It's hard to remember, but okay. Yeah. I'm going with that. Uh, what is your favorite juice? These days, probably pineapple. Pineapple. Okay. I don't know if I have one. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with grape juice. There's a, a local place here that makes wine and they grow Frontenac grapes, which are the only grapes that will grow in South Dakota, but they make a really good juice as well. You're at a party post-COVID and you must chat with five people you know from Twitter, but have not met in real life. Who would they be? Someone is going to be insulted, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. This is what I came up with. Kayla Munkeo. Because as most of you know, Kayla got me very choked up the first time I ever talked to her at what we do. Karen Eber. 
because Karen is a fellow band nerd and we got to talk band. <laughs> Tina Marie Wolfield, because she's just shot out of a cannon. I want to see her with an actual seltzer in hand. <laughs> Julie Turney, because I just want to laugh. I just want to laugh with Julie in person and share a story and crack a smile. The fifth person is not an HR person. There's a gentleman by the name of Word Burglar. Word Burglar, better known, his real name is Sean Jordan. Word Burglar is a nerdcore rapper out of Canada. I'm a huge fan. I've gotten to know him a little bit this year through Twitter, particularly, and have traded a lot of notes with him. Look, he did an album about G.I. Joe for crying out loud. He just put out an album this year about Star Trek, Star Wars, Transformers. He toured with a Transformers band, the the, the oh group, the Cybertronic Spree, which they dress up as Transformers and play not only like the Transformers theme song, but they play metal songs. Like they have a female lead singer. They do ACDC. They're great. They're, they're just a gr- wow. entertaining, but he'll go out and he'll tour with them. So anyway, yeah, Kayla, Karen, Tina Marie, Julie, and the Word Burglar. Nice. I'm going to start with Francisco Reyes. Um, I think, I think that would be just a, a fantastic conversation that goes all over, <laughs> go all over the place, uh, to Kirsten Greggs, which I'm still a little surprised I haven't met her in person. Also go with Margaret Spence, um, been able to chat with her quite a bit and would love to sit down with a cocktail or, or a glass of wine and, and just chat for hours and hours and hours. Joanna Servana. Um, had such a fun conversation with her. I think I'm going to round it out with Wendy Kelly. Wendy and I have had a couple of times to connect on, like we've done Zoom chats and then also on Twitter. And she's just another, uh, another great woman that, you know, we sat down and started talking and suddenly time was by. And so I know that meeting her in person would just be fantastic. I'm also going to uh, jump piggyback on your five because um, we're all at the same party. So we get to meet the same people because it's our show and it's, it's now our game. Sorry, Kate. Ha ha ha. Um, so we get, it's the 10 people we haven't met in real life. Cause I know I haven't met those 10 that you listed. And I know you really want to meet word burglar. I do. Honestly, <laughs> I don't follow him. You know, I was thinking about that too. As I was looking at who I follow and I'm like, well, there's so many great people out there, um, HR related and non HR related, you know, we're going to go, um, totally on Twitter that I don't know. I'm going to go with Lynn Manuel as well. We'll throw him there. It's your list. It's our list. So I'm going with six. I'm going to add Lynn Manuel Miranda. All right. to the list. <laughs> Final question from Kate. Oh, Kate, you make me tired sometimes. Uh, thoughts on petting zoos. As someone that hasn't been to a zoo in years, <laughs> since my children were little, it's hard. It's even hard to remember. I will tell you the funniest petting zoo story I've seen in, in, in a while. This was in Florida. Take it for what it's worth. I was down there for work, and a couple of the guys took me to lunch. And they said, oh, there's a great little hole in the wall down the street. So we left the office and drove 10 minutes down the road. And we pull up to this dirt parking lot to this restaurant. There's restaurant, parking lot, another parking lot, petting zoo. You go inside <laughs> And the menu is almost all game. Oh, wow. Deer, turtle, stuff like that. And all I could think was, what about that petting zoo next door? <laughs> it was the most disturbing. Like, I mean, and the food was great. I had a great meal, a great conversation, but I kept thinking about that damn petting zoo. That is hysterical. I am not for petting zoos being next to restaurants. Like, that's just not a smart, <laughs> the bad precedent. 
growing up here, there was a restaurant not too far from where I grew up called Ike's Chicken Shack. And my husband grew up going to it as well. It was in a, in a little podunk town on a lake and it had the best fried chicken, hands down, better than grandma's fried chicken. But they had a petting zoo as well, um, but it was more exotic animals. So it was like a smorgasbord of chicken and mashed potatoes and that sort of thing. And yeah, and then you'd go and, and see the animals. And But the best part about it, was actually they showed old old time old timey movies like yeah. Laurel and Hardy and the Little Rascals and the Three Stooges and that's how <laughs> I got to know those movies. The adults would sit and talk and us kids would go to the movie theater and um, I can still smell the popcorn. Not really thoughts on petting zoos there, Kate, but it was kind of nice to go down the memory lane a little bit. <laughs> Her question brought up some pleasant memories and yeah. our thought of them is that we think about stuff from the old days. So there you exactly. go. And Matt Stolick is the last question. It's what's your top five big Kate Bischoff questions? <laughs> and since it is our show and we're looking at time, I'm going to say my favorite question of this batch has to be who you're going to meet at the party. The party one. Um, and cereal milk's good too. Those are, those are two good ones. Um, going back to the original ones, the one I remember is your favorite pair of socks. That was good enough to stick in my brain. So thank you for, for making us think. Uh, a little bit differently about about these questions. So I appreciate that. We have discussed, do we do some type of extended version, something maybe we have Kate on as Barbara Walters to ask us questions directly. I don't know if anybody wants to suffer (laughs) through that with us or not. Maybe that's one of our spinoffs next year, Diane. You never know. There we go. (laughs) We've wrapped up the questions. Hey, lo and behold, guess what? It's time. We got to spin the wheel. You ready to spin the wheel? Let's spin it. Here we go. All right. And the winner is Tina Marie Wolfield. Yay, Tina Marie. We will be in touch with Tina and... To let everybody know, Tina's going to be getting a gift card to a restaurant of her choice. And then we're also going to be making a donation to her local food bank in her name. Thank you to all who contributed questions. It was a lot of fun. I guess next one will be what? one uh, one ninety nine. I guess, is when we'll do it next. Oh. So be thinking about those questions now. Not you, Kate. Um, well, no, Kate. We're gonna we're gonna restrict Kate. We'll, we'll we're gonna have the Kate. We're gonna inst- we're gonna institute the Kate Bischoff law or rule, and it's gonna limit her questions to yeah. X amount, and she's gonna have to get a little more, a more creative, thoughtful about what you know, whittle them down. Like, <laughs> what do you really, really want us to know? What do you? And again, also understanding we still have edit rights to what we're gonna do and what we're not gonna. Yes. Do. Now it's come to the time of the show. I'm gonna play music. You're still here. <laughs> and get ready. Grab your popcorn. As you said earlier. We were talking about all the great things that have happened this year. Our guest list was unbelievable this year. Yes, it Wendy. was. It was just unbelievable. A lot of good friends we've had for some time. A lot of friends that we've made this year and introductions we've had made this year. I, as I work this outline up and I start typing it up, like I get, I start thinking about it. Like, well, that was, when was that? And when was, oh man. And we had that conversation. Here we go. All right. Steve Brown. Bruce Waller. Amy Curtis. Andy Storch. David Kovakovich. Jennifer Kaiser Atkins. Kirsten Greggs. Mark Aliphants and Kate Bischoff. Jen Brown. Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. 
Christina Minyard, Carlos Escobar, Kyra Matkovich. Brian Adams and Charlotte Marshall. Orlando Ashworth. Galen Emanuel. Sarah Volano. Lotus Buckner. Wendy Kelly. Elena Valentine, Sarah Morgan, and Tamara Raspberry. Greg Buck. Kevin W. Grossman. Tamika Mason. Chris Kurtz. Amy Sperling. Caitlin Howell. Meryl Milani. Allison West. Karen Crone. Paul Lalone and Kelly Marinelli. Melanie Peacock and Tracy Sponnenberg. Torn Ellis. Tiffany Toussaint. Mike Sipple Jr. Rachel Couples. Emily Endert. Shanice Cook. Julie Turney. Jay Palaki. Melanie Hellman. Jay Stefani. Nikki Hoyland. Ashley Herney. Francisco Reyes. Georgette Cartagena and Nicole Roberts. Josh Rock. Karen Eber. Tina Marie Woolfield. Hannah Gay. Mike Ketcherside. Holly Reeser and Sydney Evans. Amy Miller. Ann Fulton. Silas Jessup. Jeff Shapiro. Shanna Sweeney. Nicole Garotti. Louis Lessig. Angela Champ. Chris Orozco, Lorena Pabon, and Michael Malady. Joanna Suvarna. Ah! <laughs> Thank Thanks you to all. all those folks for taking part. <laughs> Many repeats, a lot yes. of new folks, but yeah, wow. I mean, starting to start thinking about those conversations, Wendy, and it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to, to think about how many great conversations. Many of them had a different slant this year with the pandemic. I think we learned, I know I learned a lot from, from everybody yes. that took part. No, I did for sure. For sure. It's awesome. We've thanked our guests. Again, when this all started and the first company that approached us about partnering, would have never dreamed that <laughs> we'd be where we are with our sponsors. And right. they're just amazing. They're amazing to us. They're amazing to the community. So we do want to take a few minutes to thank each of them. We started the year with Centennial Inc. Uh, Mike Sipple and his team under the Centennial umbrella sponsored and co-hosted one of the early uh, chats in January of this year. So we appreciate Mike doing that. And then um, John Baldino and Humoriso sponsored, had a month long sponsorship. So thank you for sponsoring that month. That was um, great to partner with you on that. Virginia 529 came to me and was interested in partnering with us. And so we did a show with them and, and Meryl Milani uh, from Virginia 529. I think there was a, a lot of interesting conversation there. And I think that was one that, again, wouldn't necessarily have thought of in the past, doing great things in educational space and really have expanded some of the services and things they do. So we appreciate Virginia 529 taking a flyer. This was this was their first time ever working with a podcast. Huge thank you to uh, Compt. They did a chat and a show with us and we loved getting a chance to meet them and learn more about what they're doing. I, I They're doing some great stuff. And so that was a lot of fun. Paycor's names come up quite a bit. Wow. The relationship that we've developed with them, Wendy, we first need to thank Jennifer McClure for that yes. initial introduction to them. As most of you are aware, we were going to be partnering with them for Sherm National, and we were going to go and be part of uh, something they were putting together. And we were really excited about that. Things didn't go that way. I went back to them and said, we would love to work together. Here's some ideas. They sponsored the month. We did the show with Karen Crone, who's absolutely amazing and doing great things leading that team there. We had a cocktail for crying out loud that they, they had a design for. And all the not a term stuff that they did. Yeah, that, I mean, absolutely. Our, 
but yep. they did so much great not at Sherm stuff this year. It was fantastic. We did that session with them and with Jennifer and Joey Price and appreciate that opportunity to work together. We are real excited to continue partnering with everyone, particularly though we've been continue to talk to Paycor because we, we see a lot of opportunity there with them. For sure. Talent Magnet Institute did the very first back-to-back months of sponsorship, which was phenomenal and awesome. And we love working with Mike Sippel Jr. and his whole team. That was just so much fun. Love to share what they're doing. So thank you for our first back-to-back sponsor. MTM Recognition. Interestingly enough, we've been talking to MTM for a long time about trying to find something to do together. They're actually the first sponsor to do back-to-back shows, which I thought was really fun because they were very different conversations, but both great. Ashley Herney, boy, she's, again, she's a pistol. Like I, I, so much fun. And, you know, not she had answers, two answers to everything. Uh, And then Mike Ketcherside, who, let's face it, that guy has been around a long time in the business and really understands recognition and it was really fascinating to learn what they've got going on starting as a trophy company and doing all these other things now. It's, it's fascinating to me. And then finally fuel 50 that sponsored a chat with us and so excited to be able to work with, with our friend Rhonda, what they're doing at fuel 50 and learning, learning a little bit more about them. So, and we did have, we did have a crossover. It hasn't been released yet, but I did um, join her for a show on, on their podcast. So thank you to all sponsors this year. We are excited to announce that we will have a sponsor in January. The show comes out on New Year's Eve. January 1st, we'll announce who that sponsor is. Very excited about that uh, partnership. What we would say is if you are a vendor that is looking to dip your toe in the podcast waters, or if you've known us a long time, or you want to just do a chat, or just if you want to talk about where we where we be able to partner, we'd be happy to have the conversation. I do want to be very clear that we do not work with everyone. We are fortunate because this is not our day job. We have turned several people down. We want to work with people that are really interested in our community. And yep. the listener, those of you that are listeners, that these are people that we want you to be working with because they have been great to us. We know they're going to be good for you. And if you are interested, considering it, let's have a conversation. Every time I update the sponsor image, because we do, we love our sponsors yes, and we, we always want to give them props. Never imagined feel like a NASCAR crew, (laughs) all the different sponsor things on. Not a bad thing, but definitely not what we thought. Oh, finally, we have a lot of, a lot of people to thank. You know, I I think first, foremost, our listeners, we appreciate you being a part of our community and, and, and being there for us, being um, not just listening, but sharing, commenting and, and helping to grow, grow the community. So we appreciate you so much for all that you do to, to help support us and support the community. We know not all of you that listen necessarily can take part in the chats. And we, we totally understand that. I get a lot of questions about Sundays and I know it's family time for a lot of people. And I want to be respectful of that. We'd love to have you if you can't take part. And if you can't, it's okay. It works for us. And it has worked now for what, Wendy, three and a half years. Yeah. I don't see that changing anytime soon. However, we also know we have some attendees, chat attendees that don't necessarily listen to the podcast. They may just not listen to podcasts. We'd love them to, but if they don't, that's okay. We have some hardcore, diligent attendees. I don't think we could say anybody has made every single chat in the last three plus years, but we've got no. people that have been at the vast majority of them and have been as vocal supporters as anything. And the new people that come in and, and have discovered us. I'll say it again. I've said it before. Please, if you are new to what we're doing, 
as things improve and change, please don't leave. Stay connected. Please stay connected because we want you to be part of it. I know things change. I know, you know, and let, let's face it, though, we've had people that attended that can anymore. We have, I know we have listeners that may not be able to listen anymore, but don't just leave the community altogether, whatever you do, because things will get challenging again and we want to be around for you all the time. Uh, and uh, we do have to thank our families. You know, like we've said several times when I first brought this up to my husband, it was going to be just a few episodes. <laughs> and now uh, it's the, oh, I suppose you have a podcast tonight. You know, we couldn't do it without their support. If, if they weren't supportive of what the, what we're doing here and not just allowing us time away mentally when, you know, maybe we're sitting watching TV and we're on, I'm on a chat while we're, while we're sitting around as a family or walking away after supper to, to come down and cord. But it's led to some great things for our family. My daughter did her silver award through Girl Scouts as a podcast. So we're a podcast family here. So I appreciate them so much. And I, I thank them here. And I do thank them in person too, because I don't know that they, I know they're not going to listen to the whole thing if they listen to this one. I know for a fact nobody in my family listens to this show, so I am okay with that. I have been extremely fortunate to have the support I had. Most of you know my oldest son, Jacob, actually edited this show when we started, and he's back in podcast producing again, which I'm really excited about for several for several people, and I'm really glad to see him doing that. Some of you have asked about him lately. He did his grand experience with the uh, drill work and figured out it wasn't for him. He's landed somewhere else and he's doing, he's working every day. And that's the most important thing is he's trying to find out. Cause guess what? He's got, he turns 20. We're recording right before he turns 20 long road ahead of him. Really appreciate that. Like you said, being able to step away to do these things. And you know, my wife's the same. I mean, look between this and then me talking about wrestling, <laughs> my affection for Japanese female wrestlers. She's, she's a saint. I love her dearly. She puts up with a lot. So I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard. I'm thankful for you, Wendy. Here we are, 199 episodes, or 149. Wow, getting ahead of myself. But it really is a 206th or 207th show total. It's really not that far off. I I really do appreciate everything you do and how you do it, how you've made me a better practitioner in person and made me think differently. I can't thank you enough for that. And I appreciate you too, John. Bringing me along on this has been, you know, and this is one of those things that's taken me in places I didn't think we would get to. So um, thank you. And, uh, you know, getting me out of my comfort zone. So I appreciate that. We are excited as, as this comes out on New Year's Eve. We are all looking forward to 2021 for a multitude of reasons. Please stay with us. Join us. Keep going on this adventure. We're there though, Wendy. (laughs) We don't have to ask guests where they are. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going to drop a little nugget because if you've made it this far, you deserve it. 150. The guest is Lori Rudiman. Ah! <laughs> I've been working on this one for a while, folks. Oh, so excited. And, yeah. So if you made it this far, you get that nugget. That will be out next week. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Wendy, if the listeners have made it this far and they're not following you, how in the world do they do that? Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is G as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, starting uh, the second Sunday in January 2021, you will find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern time for our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman for the show, hrsocialrpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. That's all we ask, folks. Please just share, spread the word, subscribe. Subscribe on whatever platform you're on. 
international listeners, if you've made it this far, you know we want to talk to you. <laughs> Please reach out. If we haven't reached out to you yet, contact us. We'd love to talk more. Yes. Wendy, congratulations on 149. Here's to 149 more. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. Yep. Take care, everybody. We'll see you all soon.